0: And three, two, one, and we're live. Hello, hello. Uh, I have a guest here, uh, and I'd like her to introduce herself.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Carrie Ann Chandler, and I am an audio engineer.
0: You are an audio engineer, but you're more than that.
1: I am. I teach, I produce music um, sometimes. Okay. Um, I work as a live sound engineer as well. Um, and sometimes I let one of my friends use my face as a
0: makeup model. Okay. All right. And just to give everybody uh, where we're at, uh, right now we are in room... 203. 203 mm-hmm. of the Academy for the Performing Arts. Yes. We stowed away for a little bit away from a rehearsal to, yes. to kind of get this done. Um, we are in Trinidad and Tobago. So I don't want anybody to think that we're in uh, some uh, secret cave-like location. No, no. Um, but Old yes, exactly. But um, as I was as as I was saying, you do more than just teach. You do much more than sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess kind of what I want to offer uh, up is that um, the thing that Carrie does is she is one of the few women uh, audio engineers here in Trinidad, and yeah. um, I was just. Curious about your experience with that and, and what that means. Well, um,
1: locally in Trinidad and Tobago, there aren't much females in the live sound or even recorded sound arena with regards to being an engineer or producer. Most of the times, you know, females, we tend to fall into the roles of being the act that is up on stage or the person that is behind the microphone being recorded, whether that be a lead singer or background vocalist. Or even a voice for an ad, or let's just say they were a voice in a movie or something like that. Um, but it's a very male-dominated industry where you really, rarely see females stepping up to a mixing console or you know, setting up microphones for a live show, or even for a recording. But I'm happy to say that I actually have seen that change over the past few years. Um, I would be happier still to say maybe I was the cause of that, but I won't <laughs> toot my own horn. Um, maybe I made some sort of contribution to that, you sure. know, um, in my experience, whenever I go to do a gig, or I meet new people in this profession, they are usually very shocked to see me performing the duties that I do because of the fact it's like, so where's the sound engineer? They're expecting a guy to be there.
0: Yeah. Um, cause I remember in, uh, one of your sound classes, because we, Carrie, if, if most of you probably don't know, is that Carrie and I um, co-teach uh, a stagecraft class. Yeah. And uh, one of the introductions that you gave was <laughs> uh, you got, even though it's, you know, it's one of those things where everyone goes, where's the sound man? Where's the light man? Yeah, this? Yep, Because there's always this assumption that it's... It's a guy does those shows. Yeah, exactly. You know. So um, navigating that, uh, how has that been...
1: Um, it's, it's had its positive sides and its negative sides. Uh, it is something that I sort of use to my advantage in the way that since most people aren't accustomed to dealing with a female, um, I can show them that maybe this job can be performed a little bit differently. And Mm -hmm. when I say a little bit differently, I don't mean the quality of the work, but I mean the quality of human interaction. Um, so I do try to be a lot more personable than many of the of my male counterparts in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do make sure that I am a lot more professional. I am always on time. In a weird sense of it, I kind of have to dot my I's and cross my T's a lot more because of the fact that I feel as though people don't expect me to do a good job because they don't expect a female to be in this field. So that's one of the negative connotations
0: of being in this industry: the fact that people don't think you can do the job if you're a female. Sure. Um, so just to give everyone a little bit of background, you—I know that you had, had graduated from Full Sail. Yeah.
1: 2012.
0: And 2012. And what was the? What did you study specifically? Was it just mixing? Was it engineering? What?
1: Yeah. I did a Bachelor of Science in recording arts and uh, that focused specifically on recording in studio. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of music production, but mostly studio recording techniques and anything that would have gone into that. It dabbled a little bit in live sound, but it did not do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was where my main focus was. Uh, But one of the great things about this industry is that a lot of the principles start in much the same place. Mm-hmm. So that with a lot of critical thinking, you know, you can actually learn how to apply those same principles in a live sound arena. Okay. You know, even though I, I studied mostly for studio.
0: Okay. So, um, now what, I feel we're going backwards here, not in a bad <laughs> way, but, uh, uh, so, so you went to Full sale, but prior to that, even prior to that, what, what drew you to sound? Was there anything in particular? Ah. Was it a, a show, a person?
1: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, because I'm a teacher now, and what actually drew me to sound was me doing a sound class. Okay. Um, prior to me becoming a sound engineer, I was a musician, mm-hmm. and I was studying at Do you, the, do you still play? Uh, on and off. And, and, and
0: what, what, what do you play?
1: I play steel pan, tenor specifically, okay. and a little bit of piano, although I don't like to tell people about that,
0: because... <laughs> well, you've just told, you've just told I, a few uh, people now. They, so.
1: Hopefully, they, they don't remember, <laughs> and they just remember me being a sound engineer, but... Since I've become a sound engineer, since I've started working in sound mm-hmm. um, and not as a musician, I've sort of hung up my musician's gloves. Okay, you
0: know, it's it's okay. It's it's the challenge of being in a in a in a in a place where there's a lot of doors. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it adds to the ambiance. True. <laughs> I know. True. If if if, if uh, for the for those for the uh, the theater of the mind here. Um, there's a little bit of cringing that, uh, uh, as, as the sound engineer that she is because <laughs> uh, someone uh, started pulling on the door and uh, there was a certain amount of yeah. sound cringing. But we'll, we'll get back to, to, to you. Yeah. Right. So
1: I was studying music at, at UWE. Um, now, UWE is? The University of the West Indies, okay. uh, the St. Augustine campus in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. Um, but I was studying music because I've been in music, for most of my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, playing from a very young age, and coming straight out of high school, I didn't have a plan. you know, I had this thing that I did, that was music, and I got far with it, but it wasn't that I was doing it because I wanted to be a musician for my life mm-hmm. you know um, but while I was studying at UE, I decided to try another short course mm-hmm. that was in sound engineering and music production, just about six months, so it wasn't a bachelor's or associate's or anything like that. And it was really interesting for me that during that course, I had a moment of realization where I was working on this mixing board and I thought to myself, you know, I could do this every day. I would not have the Monday morning blues. And I asked myself, wait, but why can't I do this every day if I really wanted to? And I do really want to. So that was literally the moment when I decided what my life would become. And I didn't realize it just then, Right. but that was the moment that made me follow up. How can I make this my lifestyle? How can I make this my career? How can I go from this short course that I'm doing right now into okay. something that's a lot more permanent, that gives me a better foundation, and that has some sort of professional value You know that I can say, I'm now stepping out of the musician's world. And into uh, that of a sound engineer. And that's so really how I transitioned.
0: Did uh, So the, uh, transitioning is, mm-hmm. uh, is, a, is an important kind of thing because as kids, mm-hmm. you know, we're all still trying to figure out yeah. what it is that we want to do. Because I know that for myself, my aha moment or the moment I said, I want to do that, mm-hmm. was when I saw an opera. Right. Um, but I was blown away by a scene change. Because right. uh, we were, this was sixth grade, seventh grade, I want to say. And our music program, choir program, took us to the Lyric Opera to see La Boheme. And I remember thinking at that age, I want nothing to do with this, because this is opera. I don't know anything about it. I have no appreciation for it. <laughs> it's something my, my grandmother plays on vinyl records, um, so on and so forth. Right. And I remember sitting in the audience, and the curtain goes up, and uh, you know they have the, the artist's studio at the, the beginning. Um, and you know, you follow along as best you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sung in another language and I, for the life of me, I cannot remember if there were subtitles. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that would have like stuck in my brain. Right. Um, the curtain goes down for the end of the act and they usher everybody out of the, out of the theater. And then we come back in and the curtain goes up and it's the, the, the whole scenery is gone. It's a snow scene. There's a horse drawn carriage and I, Distinctly remember going, I want to do that. <laughs> you know, and, and I, it was not, not something I ever thought of. It was right. just not that thing where I said, you know, growing up as a little kid, oh, I want to perform. Oh, I want to do this. Uh, you know, we all come from, you know, different entry points. Yep. Some of them realize, some of them not. Uh, so, you know, your experience is maybe later, mm-hmm. you know, when you get into school. Um, prior even prior to that, I mean, did you just want to be a musician or or was it no i I didn't even
1: choose to start doing music. It was one of those things that your parents put you in okay. before you ever really have a choice or a self of sense self identity okay um you know, so i I stuck with it because by the time I thought about what I wanted to do, it would have been quitting music, and I was already like six mm-hmm. out of eight grades in. Okay. I was like, all right, I might as well just finish this thing off. And I finished <laughs> this thing off and I was like, all right, well, it can get me into university. So I might as well just do that because I don't have another better plan. Right. You know, I don't want to be wasting my time. But doing that had a lot of good benefits for me because deciding to do that right there and then, deciding mm-hmm. to go study music at the University of the West Indies, I actually was able to get into the U. E. Mm-hmm. with my... High school, well, it would be a high school diploma, but CXE grades, okay. which was unheard of at that point in time. I was okay. too young. Most people have to do two additional years before they get into university here.
0: So you're ahead of the curve. So I, I was, a, I, was. <laughs>
1: <were>. <laughs> I was, ahead of the curve. Um, I, I started that degree at 15 years old. Oh, wow. I completed wow. it at 18 Okay. So by the time most people who were my age finished high school, I kind of already had a degree. Okay. You know, but then I was left in the same position again at 18 years old, where okay, I finished high school, Mm -hmm. I have this degree, but do I really want to go teach music in a secondary school, or do I want to give music lessons at my mom's home, or you know, it Uh it didn't seem like a very exciting
0: life. So so you you bring up your parents or your mother at least. Yeah. what was their take on it? I mean, I know that when I started in this whole crazy thing, mm-hmm. uh, like all parents, they're skeptic because they yeah. want they want you to be successful, they want yep. you to, you know, be able to support yourself and, and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, were 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 they was your mother supportive? She was.
1: She my mom is extremely supportive of me in every single way that I can think about actually. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> She was one of the persons who pushed me into that direction, um, Mm -hmm. starting music from an early age and going into UE to do the degree in music, uh, because it it was just a better option for any young girl at that point in time. Go get your education. I remember from a very early age, she saying, you know, um, get your books and your education first, Mm -hmm. and then you can go look for everything else that you want out of life, Right. you know. Um, so she was really good with that. My dad, he was also very supportive. And when I finished my degree in UWI, I started working with the National Steel Symphony Orchestra, which is a you can think of it as a symphony orchestra of steel pans. Okay. Right. So different
0: than, say, uh, going to the pan yards and.
1: Very different. Okay. This was the highest level at which a steel pan player in Trinidad can perform, at. it's a job. They pay you a a monthly salary, you go on tours, Um, you are literally a cultural ambassador for the country. Okay, You know, so that being my first job was amazing. You Mm -hmm. know, not many people get that type of opportunity, especially for their first jobs. But again, you start feeling eventually like, okay, where's this going to lead to? Do I always want to play an instrument every day or... You know, it's nice to go on a tour sometimes, but what is my life going to be like at some point in time?
0: And you're, and this is happening at, you're not even in your twenties. Well, roughly, I just turned 20. Oh, you just turned 20. Right. (laughs)
1: So yeah, (laughs) Uh, my dad at that, that point in time, he was the one who started saying, you know, um, I, I think we should try to get you back into school because
0: this <laughs> get that business. To yeah, <laughs>
1: you know this playing pan thing every day. This can't be a real thing, right? And I know it wasn't that he was being unsupportive; he supported yeah. me, but he wanted yeah. more from me,
0: right? And, and and you know, it's it's that success. You know, you're, you whatever era or time mm-hmm. that he grew up in, you know, expectations are different, much different, and. Um, you know, I think parents around the world all want their children to do equal to or better than yep. they have and, and things like that. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't, I thank goodness. I don't get the, uh, the, well, you know, you could always do this. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> after, after all this time, this is what I do. This is yeah. who I am. Uh, and things like that. So, so there's all this change that's going on, yep. not only yep. um, for you, because now you've kind of morphed from one thing from the music into into now this sound um, career, yeah, or know, it's maybe not necessarily a career yet, but how did when did you know that it was a career? when did wh- at what point did you go more than this is something I'm doing on the side right. to this is what. I'm, this is it? Well, I'm, I'm, or at least up until now on November, whatever today is. November <laughs> 16th so
1: 17th, I think?
0: 17th. November Every 17th at one day. o'clock. And,
1: We're terrible with the dates. <laughs> uh, when did I decide? Let's see. I think it would have been...
0: I mean, I'm not asking for like the exact date. Yeah, I'm no, just... Uh,
1: while, while I was in the, the NSS, um actually. Okay. Because... I still had that feeling of I want to do this every Monday morning because while being in NSSO, I still have to wake up every Monday morning to Mm -hmm. report to work, to play with an orchestra. And while sometimes I was nice, Mm -hmm. some days I just would have preferred to be doing something else, Mm -hmm. you know, in a studio or something like that. so I followed up on, OK, how do I get to a school? I looked into schools. I looked into opportunities for education in you know, sound recording and music production. And I found Full Sail. Okay. And at the time, it was a very expensive school. And it's still a very expensive, it's still very expensive school. <laughs> it's, cool. uh, it's One of the, the best in the US uh, for recording,
0: uh-huh.
1: or most recognized, I should say. And so now my challenge became, how do I get there? Because I don't have that money. So I didn't give up though and, and really and truly that was something about myself that I kept pushing through. Mm. So I managed to find scholarships from the local ministry here. Um, I applied twice, I got turned on the first time, but I got through the second time. Right. And that scholarship is actually what funded me to go to Full Sail and complete the Bachelor's in Recording Arts.
0: So so you come from this this million and a half island of people. Mm-hmm. And you make this journey to to full sales in Florida. Yeah, Orlando. Orlando, Florida. And now you're uh, in a much bigger world. Yes. I, mean, I, I can only admit, I mean, we, we see this trope in movies, you know, the fish out of water thing like that. Um, but uh, obviously, um, you found acceptance. You found people that were willing to be your mentor. I mean, or was, or was, it, or was it really like that fish out of water is like, I have zero clue as to what is going on and how to deal with those.
1: The first few weeks, I was a fish out of water. I had to find a place to live. I had to find furniture. I had to find everything. You mm-hmm. know, the only things I had, well, my mom went with me for the first two weeks. But the only things I had was my luggage and my steel pan because I took my pan with me.
0: <laughs> right? I'm not going to leave that one. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's part of the, 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 the travel, the Trinidadian travel kit. cracker Pepper sauce, pan, your mother.
1: Correct. <laughs> and maybe some more, but yeah. Oh, okay. all right. um, so, yeah, I, I, I had to find this place and all of that. So that was a bit tricky. But again, because I was looking at things for such a long time as planning out, I want to do this degree. I want to go to this school. I need a scholarship. I got a scholarship. All of that time, I was actually already looking at a mm-hmm. housing guide. So I had in my mind exactly where I wanted to live.
0: You, you had a plan.
1: I had a plan. And when I got to Florida, I went exactly to that place. And I told them exactly what I was going to do. And I did it. And I got my apartment there. Mm. And it was really, really nice. Um, So I ended up working through those things. But what I realized at the end of it is that I wasn't so much a fish out of water there, but I actually found myself. Okay. You know, I found what I'm capable of, what I like, what I don't like, how I operate when I am completely and utterly not surrounded by people that I know. You know, how I can stand on my own two feet. And it was a really important experience, especially being in this industry that I am, mm-hmm. to know that I am capable of doing those things. Because being in an industry where people doubt you just for being the gender that you are or for being black or for being whatever they want to call it, mm-hmm. um, you have to be sure of yourself in order to prove to them that you can get the job done. Sure. So that was a very important Thing for me to accomplish. Uh,
0: now, the program was two years,
1: three years, four years? Uh, oh. It was accelerated, so it actually was 21 months long. 21
0: months long. Mm-hmm. Less wow. than two years. Wow.
1: It was a 24-7 university. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is that you can have classes at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. You can have labs at 5 p.m. or 5 a.m. 5 a.m. <laughs> you know, it can be on a Saturday or it could be on a Thursday. It could be on a Sunday. It could be on a Wednesday. It doesn't right. matter. Yeah. Um, the only days you have are public holidays. Um, I think someone wants to join our little chat No, it's okay uh, It's a closed chat It is a very closed chat <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was a pretty intense course And uh-huh. again, it's an intense industry So, in a way, it really did set me up for what I'm doing right now Because okay. if I decide to do a live show, it could end at 3 a.m. in the morning If right. I decide to do a studio session, it could start at 3 a.m. in the morning
0: Yeah, I I, I know that, uh, that- of the thing that I would I know that I was not necessarily prepared, mm-hmm. was for the w- the weird hours, which now today are just you know accepted hours. Yes,
1: it's standard it's, industry hours.
0: Right, it's it's I uh, you know when we get used to this idea of again, it's nine to five, it's eight to four, it's whatever this is nowadays. It's we start at two and we go to midnight or. You start at 6 a.m. and you're lucky to be out by midnight, you know, yep. depending on the industry that you're in.
1: But you know what? I much rather be exhausted because I pulled a night shift, mm-hmm. you know, we had a late gig or we had a show that ran late, rather than be tired from doing nine to five every day. Mm-hmm. And I think being in this industry really takes a certain type of person or type of personality. To not feel bogged down by it and still be excited about it each time that there's a job opportunity.
0: Now, being here in Trinidad, um, how have you found translating what you learned into success down here? Mm, That's an interesting question
1: because a lot of what I learned, good information, very foundational, and all of that, but. The thing about technology and working with technology is that you always have to leave room for growth. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I may have done in full sale or in Florida would have been in full sale in Florida, and a lot of the things that we do in Trinidad here might need a slightly different perspective or you know a different approach. For example, just using my steel pan again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learning about recording in in Florida was great, but no one could have told me how to accurately. Mike, my steel pan. Mm -hmm. But in Trinidad, we do it all the time. You know, we've tried different ways. We have different things that we prefer for different purposes. So that being said, um, it has impacted me, but I would also say I've learned a lot more since I've come home. Okay. You know, and that is more on a cultural level as to how do I apply the science that I just learned into a cultural aspect.
0: Okay. So, so you, so what, you, you talk about a, a cultural aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the, is, it, is the cultural aspect the, the way that people relate to pan music or something say like Calypso or Soka or? Uh, now, now again, I'm, full disclosure for everybody is, um, I mean, I've only been here six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been a huge learning curve. I mean, obviously, I don't know everything and anything uh, about this stuff because I'm learning as I go along. Right. So, there's a uh, lot to lead to. I th- oh my gosh. It's it's crazy because it, one of the, the things that was, was the th- what I didn't understand was um, during Carnival. Mm-hmm. And you know, the sound in the road, right? Cause to me, it's people getting big generators mm-hmm. and the loudest speakers they can. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the same music for the few hours, just going up and down on the road. And I go, this is the production of noise, but you know, you're smiling. Uh,
1: <laughs> Cause I understand the
0: perspective, but I also understand the silence. Okay. So, so, okay. So I explain just a little bit of, of the science behind it. Why, why is
1: it so different? Right. Yeah, why? All right. So cuz we example, did that if
0: that was done in the US, people would be like, "What are you doing? What craziness?" Well,
1: let me blow your mind a little bit.
0: All right, mind ready to be blown. They do it in the US. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> it's it is is it kind of like the, the 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 folks that you hear driving down the road and the speakers so loud that it rattles. No, 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 no. no, no.
1: Um, specifically for Liberty, um and different types of carnival, uh, Miami and New York. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, Miami and New York. Let's go with those two very um, named places. They they do have carnival processions that are very much like our carnival culture here in Trinidad and Tobago. In fact, those two areas in the United States have Mm -hmm. some of the highest amounts of Caribbean, um, or persons from the Caribbean, living Mm -hmm. and residing in the United States, whether they were born there because their families moved there a while ago, or, you know, they're there for school, like hopefully I might be sometime soon again. Sure. Uh, You know. So there's a big diaspora out there and they they've taken their culture with them. They want carnival. They want something. So there are some um, I think you call them low boy trucks. Okay. And and they stack those speakers up and they put that generator and they put the, the DJ and you know, they have it just like we have it here for Carnival. Sure. But it's more than just a truck with the loudest speakers that we can find because it needs to be loud, yes, so right. that I can project over a huge distance, so that I can attract you from a distance and say, "Hey, what is that music playing? Why are people in the streets dancing? How can I join this festival as well?" Yeah, that's,
0: <laughs> right? What in the world is that Earth? Is it is it Mardi thunder?
1: Gras? Like, no, it's not Mardi Gras. It's Carnival. Carnival came to wherever we're at right now. Right. But um, so it has to project for a long distance. But it also has to be at a good enough quality that you can understand what's being sung, that you can feel the beat. all right, And, and that takes up a lot of different characteristics of sound, such as bass or you know high frequencies for sibilance and all of those things. Um, and when you think about that, you think about the fact that, OK, I have to get a really good sounding sound system on the back of a truck and make sure it stays sounding good while that truck is moving. Mm-hmm you know, and I still have to take safety into to consideration and I still have to have enough power for all of these speaker cabinets and I need to make sure I have the right amount of speaker cabinets for base to um, treble frequency distribution, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot that goes into that and that's not necessarily something that you can learn in a country that doesn't have that culture, Right. you know what I mean? Because they may not see the importance of it or they may not see it as something that could be looked at academically or scientifically. They might just see it as you saw it. Why is there a truck with a lot of noise in
0: the road? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's a very naive perspective, obviously. Um, from, you know, and now having been through it a few times. Right. Um, and obviously getting the opportunity to ask you and, and uh, about it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll certainly look at it differently or listen to it differently. <laughs> that's that. good.
1: Uh, but I mean, even that, that one example has roots in so many different things. For example, you yeah. um, Whenever we have elections coming around in Trinidad, there's always a truck with speakers on it and music blasting, and it's for these very same purpose of trying to attract people's attention, trying to get them close to this truck mm. so that they can hear the message, because in between all of that loud music is a political message, all right? Mm. Trinidadians, we love to party, so we love a lot of music, <laughs> and we, we love every reason to party with music, so... Right. Let's just add that to elections as well. And sure. and that that has been a culture since I've been alive. I've been witnessing that every five years, ah. you know, or coming close to elections time. And even before that, there was another culture with loudspeakers. I don't know if you've, you've seen any of them here in, in the time that you've been in Trinidad, but there are these loudspeaker cars.
0: Yes. Yes, I have. I, well, I haven't seen them. I've yeah. seen them drive by and I've heard them. Um, there was one, few weeks ago uh-huh. that it was announcing a funeral. Yep. And yep. it was just like, that is the most bizarre. Uh, Cause it's just, yeah. again, it's just not as I would understand it. I mean, not in a yeah. bad way, but it's just you would like, think,
1: why don't they put something out in the newspaper? Right. You know,
0: that's just, but you know, but, uh, you know uh, this just jumped into my head. Uh, Cause I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider, what happens in the streets and this type of uh, delivery as theater? Is it theater?
1: Why isn't it theater? Isn't life theater? I mean, uh, well, the,
0: there okay. is a lot of drama. I'll give you that. There's a lot of
1: drama. Everybody's a different character. <laughs> That's Some true. people are different characters on different days of the week.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, um, there's always a different scenario and a, a different story being told. There's always a different perspective that you can look at every single situation that happens you could take a brawl that might be happening out in the streets right now and you can take it from one of the guys who's in the brawls perspective or you can take it from a bystander's perspective or just some random person who got hit with a glass bottle and they, they weren't even part of it you know <laughs> so yes life is theater and everything that happens in the streets it's theater because it is something that can be reenacted. It is something that can be recreated. It is something that can send a message. You know, and all of these things make up what I consider theater to be. Okay. You know, it's entertainment because, well, I'll, I'll give you know, a little more tips about Trinidad. I don't know if you've noticed this one. We oh, have, ooh, I'm excited now. We have a tendency. We do like to socialize with alcoholic drinks <laughs> on the sidewalks around bars.
0: I, I I believe I have noticed. I believe I have partaken in. in yeah, such there things. you go. All right. So,
1: and yeah. tell me, while you were partaking, uh-huh. were
0: you observing?
1: You know, just everything that was happening on the streets. You know, people driving by, someone maybe cussing out somebody else. You know, somebody trying to. Oh yeah,
0: no. There's yeah. Th- there's uh, definitely uh, a vibe that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times, depending on where you go, there's kind of a hierarchy right. of of what's going on. You know, because um, you'll see people, you know, who'll have uh, a cooler and their bottles, and, right, and their plastic cups. Or you'll see uh, the business people socializing mm-hmm. uh, together, things like that. Oh yeah, no, it's that 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 is definitely if if viewed in a in a in a way, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, I I totally get that as as theater. You know, it's yeah, you know, I I think that's that's really the interesting thing about Ourselves in the, in the arts, or at least we've cultivated a, a skill where our our skill is about noticing things, or perception, yep. or paying attention to the details, because it's very easy to drive by down the avenue, for example, and just kind of like, oh, that's that's that bar, or that's yep. that bar, and yep. these are people doing this, and this is the usual Saturday night thing, mm-hmm. and. Maybe taking the time, you kind of go, "Oh, okay, how does this all play out?" Um, I, I mean, now I don't do that all the time. <laughs> Obviously, I'd get nothing that, done. That would take a toll on you as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the life, life is definitely about balance. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, it's, we're 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 doing pretty well here. Um, uh, I don't want to take all your time, obviously, because you've got a life and you got things you want to do. <laughs> I actually have to go back to a class soon. You got to go back to class. Oh, see, this is good. We're getting our we're getting our homework done. <laughs> uh, but uh, kind of uh, just a, a couple more things. Where? What? What? Um, hmm, I guess. I guess. My question revolves around the 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 future of. Of sound and where do you think it's going technologically wise? First of all, Mm -hmm. but second of all, your place in because you're here at the school, yeah, and um, we have an interesting mix of of people that are that are working here. But um, you represent whether you choose to or not, you represent a certain amount, a certain entry point for for people to look up to, right? Um, As a woman. Um, as a Trinidadian, uh, uh, and you know uh, what, what you know, because there are obviously going to be people that are, are going to be listening to this. Yeah, you know, what kind of, um, what would you say to them uh, if you could talk uh, if as we're talking directly to them? Hmm. Well, but let's go. Let's go to the first question. Let's go to the first question about technology.
1: All right. So, so what do I think the future is for technology? Um, Really and truly, well, I hope it's not AI that kind of takes over
0: and and has us as slaves. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to welcome our robot overlords. (laughs) I first would like to...
1: Well, um, there's some good and some bad with it, I guess, with everything, right? Mm. Um, The good is technology makes our lives easier. Every day we invent something and it makes our lives much, much easier. But the thing that we also have to be very mindful of is that in a way, it replaces a lot of our jobs. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen since coming into this industry, and it's it's been a concern of mine, um, is that we're actually seeing a move away from just having sound engineers or just having lighting engineers, or you know, um, and now we actually see where the those two fields are actually being combined into having an audiovisual engineer, you know. And again, that's because technologies of stealing our jobs um more programs and and more hardware is coming on board now that makes these things happen faster that we don't have to monitor these equipment as much as we need to so that's that's the good and the bad so am i going to be eventually outdated that's my personal concern (laughs) you know and i think anybody in our industries they always have to be very mindful, am I going to become outdated? Am I gonna be replaced by some new program that's gonna do everything that I went to school to learn? Mm-hmm. And in that regard, the only way we can really stay ahead of it is that we have to start designing our own futures. We have to decide, okay, well, right now as a sound engineer, one of the problems I'm having is this. How can I solve it? And maybe I should be the person to create the technology that solves it. Okay. You know? um, so it's, it's kind of staying ahead of the curve. Um, and creating the curve while you stay ahead of it you know and that in itself is a huge challenge um I think that answers the first question
0: <laughs> it works but for me works for me remind uh, me of the second the one. second one was um kind of, uh, rear's digest version uh, as as who you are and what and I, everything every time anyone says this it sounds really silly but you know we all represent Something, you know, someone yeah. looks up to us, someone. But for you in particular, for who you are in the sound world, mm-hmm. and now that you're here at the school, um, I know that there are a lot of really quali- qualified and quality uh, women who are sound engineers, sound designers, yeah, definitely. sound creators. Um, what uh, What do you hope that you can say directly to those folks who, again, who will listen to this? Um, what would you want to pass along to them?
1: Well, for the ones that might be listening that may have considered a career in sound, lights, theater, you know, something that most people would think is not regular, not normal, the the abnormal, um, don't be afraid to try it. Because like I said, not all of us were meant to work 9 to 5 jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people don't know this, but... You know, there are women who can care better than men. <laughs> Not making it the battle of the sexes I, or anything. No, but, no, no. It's, it's, but it's, it is scientifically proven. Um, I,
0: I bow to the greatness of your science. <laughs> uh,
1: but I would tell them, go for it. You know, um, mm. The only persons who can make a change in the industry are those who are in the industry. Okay. And if you see an area that needs to change, for example, I found that we need to have more females in sound. And one of the things that I do is that I I try to inspire females. I try to inspire young ones, you know, young musicians, to let them know that you don't just have to be the singer. You don't just have to be the instrumentalist. You can be the person that's recording yourself. You can you can do it all, like mm-hmm. everything. Um, don't let people limit you. So that would be my my message to them, I guess. Don't don't be limited. Okay. Um, and create your own groove.
0: Excellent. Um... Well, I certainly would like to thank you. Podcast number two, but you are the first interviewer, so congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm first.
1: Thr- yeah. yeah.
0: I'm thrilled to, to have you. Um, you know, uh, We've known each other now since uh, I came here six years, um, and it's been a good experience. Like I said, we share our class It's been together. awesome. It's been cool. Very cool. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell anybody about that's coming up? Anything? You got a book coming out, you got a new sound engineer, oh hire me, <laughs> Facebook.com. Um, no, I don't have a new book coming out just yet. Uh, just yet. Not, but, not, but not just yet. Watch out, folks. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe soon I'll, I'll write a book. Um, you should. I should, actually, absolutely. I should. Um, well you can you can look for me on Facebook, Kerry M. Chandler. Um, you can also look for me on LinkedIn. Uh, I use my full name there, Kerry Ann Chandler. If you are gonna message me, please call me Kerry. Um, where else can you find me you can find me on sound better if you need to hire me you can hit me up there and you know we can have a chat about whatever you need um, yeah I think, I think that's it or you can just come down to UTT and I'll be here
0: absolutely I, I, I think it's important that uh, the people come down and if they have the opportunity come yeah. down to the University of Trinidad and Tobago yes. the Academy for the Performing Arts
1: we are in Port
0: of Spain at 26 Keat Street, just cool. off of the Queens Park Savannah. Mm-hmm. All right, then we will call this a day and wrap it up and uh, go on from there. Again, Carrie, I want to say because I, I said this on the first podcast, so I'm going to say it at the end of every podcast. We love you. I love you. You're the awesome. Aww. We're going to put out some. We're going to put out some positive vibes. We're going to make you. a change, and we're going to do good.
1: Nice. It was a pleasure being here, Richard. Right. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.